So hello there friends and welcome to episode 107 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. Today we are going to be talking about how to make the small moments count when you're used to doing the most. Stay tuned for that conversation coming right up. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica. I am so happy to have you with me. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to dip into a conversation today about how to make the small moments when it comes to movement count when you're used to doing the most. So what do I mean by this? So many of us are very conditioned to believe that if we're going to do some exercise, if we're going to move our body, it really needs to take a long time, right? Like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, It needs to have some structure to it. It needs to have some progression to it, all of this stuff. And this is just a belief that I think we have created as like a, as a society. This is something that we've lived for a lot of our lives. And what this can lead to is a dismissal of smaller opportunities, smaller moments for movement that ultimately lead us to feel more comfortable longer term. So I want to explain this a little bit because sometimes when I talk on this podcast, I think I know what I want to say. And yet sometimes it doesn't always feel like it comes out particularly in order the way that I want to. So I'm going to make myself a few notes and I want to step through this because I think it's so obvious in so many ways and yet there is nuance to it too. And, and for a lot of us, it's a massive perspective shift to flip from, you know, believing that a 60-minute exercise session is the only way to understanding that there are these opportunities for smaller moments in our day and that they are not just not that, that, that they don't just count, right? Like that's something that I, I talk about a lot is like it all counts. They actually do more than just count. They are a huge part of getting us to feel well in our body. So what, let's talk, let's sort of rewind this a little bit. Earlier in the week, I shared a couple of things over on Instagram around just little movement opportunities that I found while I was out and about with my family. So one of them was scrambling over some big rocks that were along the path of a river walk that I was doing with my family. And, you know, I could have stuck to the path and just walked down the middle of it like my husband and family were doing. But I decided I wanted to, you know, climb up and over these rocks and balance on them and see if I could get from one to the other. Um, The kids eventually joined me, which was really fun. But it was an example, I guess, of play, of, of finding a way to enjoy movement that was playful but also a way of very easily inserting more varied movement into my day because I was already there, right? I was already doing this walk and it was, you know, just a a stroll. We were exploring along the edge of the river and climbing over the rocks just seemed like an opportunistic thing to do. And so I did. And when I posted that little 
little clip onto Instagram, I had some really interesting and, and lovely conversations in my DMs later on. And one of the things that was said was, you know, how that really opened up some freedom for people to be more playful with their own movement and that, you know, really understanding for themselves how much they often subscribe to that notion that in order to be worth it, it has to take a long time and be, you know, maybe a bit more serious than just climbing over rocks. And it's really interesting because this belief, you know, that it has to be complicated, that it has to be structured to count is, I don't know, I don't know how exactly that came to be the truth that we all kind of live under, Um, but it ignores one really important truth. And that is that in order to feel comfortable in our body, and when when I'm talking about comfort, I guess in this respect, I'm talking about feeling capable Uh, not being riddled with tension, um, not feeling like, you know, we're constantly dealing with that that hip that feels awful or that um, shoulder that's, you know, chronically tense. In order for that to not be the case, we really have to move often and we have to move in ways that are giving really good information to our brain that shows that we're capable, that shows that we actually can use our body through its range. And this reality is missed by that, I guess, more um, fitness culture narrative of go and do the 60-minute class, go and do, you know, the the 30-minute session. Now, I want to make it really clear that I'm not saying that those things aren't valuable. They're hugely valuable. I I personally love, you know, going and doing something for a set period of time with set instructions and all of that. Absolutely. I love it. And it has its place and it's useful and it can be really fun. But it doesn't change the fact that in order to feel really good in our body, we need to move often and we need to move well. And we need to move in ways that are varied. And so, you know, when I was doing this river stroll, that was movement for sure, but it wasn't very varied movement because I was just walking and walking's fantastic, right? I think walking is one of the most amazing things that we can do for ourselves. But one way that I could get some variability into that was to change what I was walking on. And so, you know, this path undulated a little bit and it was rocky and um, we climbed up some hills. I actually fell in the mud twice. (laughs) So that was fun. My kids thought that was hilarious. Um, But walking up and over these rocks was one way to get some some really varied movement because it required my hips to work in a really different way. It required um, a different range of motion. Similarly, we also took the kids to do mini golf and, you know, standing around watching the kids play, It's pretty sedentary, right? I'm just standing there and I could feel my hips starting to get sore. I could feel my feet starting to um, complain a little bit. And our default when that happens seems to be just to be like, oh, my hips, my stupid hips, my stupid feet. Why are they doing this? Rather than recognizing that, oh, I need to move. You know, I need different inputs into this system. And so I took the opportunity to like stand up on the, um, there was like a raised brick sort of surround to one of the putting holes. And so I popped the balls of my feet up on that edge and did some heel raises where I lifted my heels away from the floor and then lowered them back down. 
something so simple. I probably only did, you know, a handful of those movements, but it varied the input into my body, varied the input into my brain, and it absolutely made me feel better. And so these little opportunities to move, they're, they're not the same as that 60-minute session in the gym or putting on a video or doing a full class. Of course they're not. But they are no less valuable. And in fact, I think sometimes they can be the most valuable because it helps us to integrate movement opportunities almost as a, as a way of living, right? We're looking for these opportunities to vary the input. But what I think it really requires is this perspective shift, a perspective shift that puts the reality of our brain and body, not just, you know, craving, but really needing that varied input. And it doesn't have to be complicated. But when we look at movement and exercise as just being a way to, you know, quote unquote, stay fit, it misses how much movement impacts the way that we just simply feel from, you know, moment to moment. When we are tense, we need to move. When we feel like, you know, we've been sitting all day and our shoulders are are tight and our hips are tight and we think, oh, my body's just giving up on me. No, we need to move. That is our body asking for movement. Those signals are literally messages, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's a sensation that's asking for your attention. And so one of the things that, you know, the conversation that I was having in my DMs around this was it can be really hard to shift from that perspective that it needs to be complicated and time consuming and all of these things in order to count. And that's true. I think it does, but I think it is sometimes hard. But how we but we can make the decision to move towards making those small movements and moments count even when we are still kind of wrapped up in that belief that it has to be more complicated or that only the complicated stuff counts. So, let me have a really quick look at my notes because as I said, I can get a little lost here and I just want to make sure that I covered off what I wanted to talk about. This is only going to be a short one because it is just me today. Um, the other, Okay, so I've got one more note here that I haven't covered. This perspective shift really asks us to connect with our personal why, our personal why around moving. So I can tell you, you know, from a, from a, certainly from just like the body's perspective and from a brain perspective, that movement is necessary, right? That we are going to change the way that we feel based on the way that we move our body. But that sort of is like information that is a degree removed from you, right? We have to also be in touch with what is our why. And for a really long time, I think that my why centered around the way that my body looked and centered around sort of almost the external view of what I could do with my body, right? So um, as a yoga, as a sort of younger yoga practitioner, I really took a lot of pride in the fact that I could do a headstand in the middle of the room. You won't see me do that now because I don't want to, I don't enjoy it, and I have no need for for that particular practice. But it was very much a, you know, that, that why was quite external to the way that I felt 
in my actual body as opposed to the way that it made me feel from a a more kind of proud, ego-driven sort of way. And so I think it's really important to understand your why. And for a lot of us who have been raised in this culture of, you know, more is better, push is is better, um, aesthetics matter, all of that stuff, our why might be very much wrapped up in that stuff still. And that doesn't mean that we have to completely extricate ourselves from that before we can make movements in the direction of self-kindness. But we have to be honest with ourselves of like, why am I choosing to move this way? Why do I dismiss these other smaller opportunities and say that they don't count? One of the most powerful whys is how, how you feel, right? Because I want to move in order to feel X, Y, Z, strong, capable, ease. And then when, you know, so that's my why, right? My why is just simply so that I feel good in my body. I want to feel as little tension as I can. I want to feel strong. I want to feel capable. I want to feel robust and like I can pretty much do whatever I want to do without having to worry about my body not meeting me (laughs) in that quest, right? And so if that's my why, then moving in these other ways, scrambling over the rocks and um, taking the opportunity to do my heel raises while I'm at the mini golf course, those things make really good sense because they support me to feel the way that I want to feel. But if my why is seated in something else that is perhaps more tied up into that kind of fitness culture that says it has to be hard and it has to be... um, it has to take an hour to count, then those little opportunities maybe don't make so much sense because it doesn't fit with my why. And so I think that getting really honest about why you want to move your body, how you want to feel is super important. And I think that we can hold both things as true, right? I don't think it's ever one thing or the other. I really don't. I think that that's part of what gets us into so much trouble is that we're like, okay, well, I have to drop this belief completely before I can pick up this other one. And I don't think that's true. I think we can actually hold both and we can we can negotiate our way kind of in between them a little bit because one does not ask you to give up the other, right? So I would say, you know, I'm still always going to be doing – Uh, focused sessions of movement, lifting weights, um, doing things that that raise my heart rate, um, all of that stuff. I'm still going to do focused sessions of that. I love that. And it has so much value. But doing that doesn't mean then that those opportunistic um, small moments aren't useful. 100% that isn't true. So we can hold both together. And I think that this is so, so important because if we believe that it has to be one way, we're missing out on all of these wonderful opportunities to truly move with more kindness in the direction of how we want to feel. So that's it for me today. I hope my notes helped me to keep that in order. (laughs) Um, Before I go, I did want to just mention to you that 
Right now, the doors to the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio are open to new members. I only open the doors about four times a year because in the studio we run based on a term schedule. So for about 10 weeks at a time, we follow um, a certain timetable for our live stream classes and a theme for the classes inside the studio. And we're about to enter into another term. So we're entering into term three for any of my fellow Victorians uh, here in Australia that is the school terms that we follow. And so we're about to enter into term three. So it's a really wonderful opportunity to join us. Um, You'll find more details via the link that I'm going to pop in the show notes. But this is really a studio designed to support you to move with kindness. It's a combination of yoga, Pilates and somatics and really just encouraging us all to move in the direction of how we want to feel. It's movement that supports you to shift that chronic tension that you might be carrying around, um, that really aims to get you feeling more capable and robust and more easeful. There's a combination of live stream classes, which, as I said, we run on term schedules, um, as well as a really comprehensive online library um, and monthly masterclasses and office hours, which are my favorite and is an opportunity for members to come and chat with me and ask their questions. And it's just a really wonderful space. So if you're curious to know more, go find that link in the show notes. Um, if you want to go directly, it's ericawebyoga.com.au forward slash virtual studio. Those doors are going to close on Sunday, the 11th of July, uh, 2021. So if you're interested, hop over there and take a look. All right. Until next week, I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead. Next week, I've got a guest back on the podcast with me, uh, Natalia Walker, who's talking all about goal setting, but in a way that might be a little different to what you've heard before. So I can't wait to share that interview with you next week. And until then, keep being kind to yourself. Have a good one. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.